This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin, the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee chair, is not planning on holding a hearing this year on the nomination of FERC chairman Richard Glick for another term. That's what Manchin's spokesperson told Politico on Thursday. And while FERC rules allow Glick to serve until the end of the year, Manchin's decision could deal a potentially major blow to FERC, a regulatory body that's crucial to President Joe Biden's climate agenda. So today, we check in with Politico's Catherine Morehouse about Manchin's decision and the impact it could have on the commission and Biden's green goals. It's Friday, November 11th. So, Kat, we're reporting Senator Joe Manchin won't hold a hearing to confirm FERC chair Richard Glick this year. So why could this be a big blow to the commission's capacity to deliver on President Biden's climate agenda? Yeah, so FERC, first of all, plays a really important role in the power grid and in the gas system generally. And Glick, as the chair, has the power to kind of think about different ways to reform the electric system to accommodate more renewables, for instance, and ways to consider different policies around gas pipelines. And he's been a really vocal proponent of making sure that the commission is considering climate change, for instance, when it considers new natural gas infrastructure. And he's also been really vocal about the impacts of climate change on the power sector and basically thinking about ways that the power system needs to adapt to a changing climate. So he's just been a really important voice in this really important agency for the different things that need to happen for the power sector to evolve to this rising threat of climate change. Right. And we know that Glick and Manchin do have a history. There's been some ups and downs there. So how do we get to this point now? Yeah. So last year, Manchin took issue with a gas policy that FERC floated. He was a really vocal opponent of this proposal to basically consider the climate impacts and the environmental justice impacts of new pipeline infrastructure. But recently, he's kind of come around more to being more favorable toward Glick. And we even reported as recently as a few weeks ago that things were moving in the right direction. But as you reported, it might not just be about Glick at all here. President Biden in recent weeks has made some comments about coal plans that Senator Manchin described as offensive and disgusting. And that has created a bit of a tension between the White House and Senator Manchin. And at the end of the day, Glick is a Biden nominee who controls the power grid, which is really what this dispute is about. So I think it's fair to say that this battle might go beyond Glick and Manchin. Definitely. And worth noting that Manchin is up for re-election He's just entering the news cycle in 2024, and we know he is in a very red state. That's something definitely hanging in the background. And wanted to get into what happens from here. So Glick's term expired in June, but FERC rules allow him to serve until the end of the year. Biden could maybe renominate him next year. How could the midterms impact his nomination, though? So like you said, Biden could renominate him next year. There isn't a ton of precedent for that, but it's certainly possible. 
But if the Senate goes red, for instance, then the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee would be chaired by Senator Brasso, from a Republican from Wyoming, who has been a really even stronger vocal opponent of Glick's and of FERC's pipeline actions under Glick. And so it would be pretty difficult to imagine Senator Barrasso pushing Glick through. The other thing the Biden administration could do is just basically sit on this two to two commission until Commissioner Danley's term expires in June. And then they again have two Democrats and one Republican. And and maybe they could put forward a pair at that time, which is pretty typical, a bipartisan pair of commissioners. Or they could try and get another chairman through who's maybe a little more palatable to Senator Barrasso. But as you might imagine, there are certainly a lot of things in the air right now. And it's true that a lot of it relies on what happens in the Senate. Right. And if there is a 2-2 FERC, at least for a period of time, what would that mean for the commission's ability to reach consensus on some of these hot button issues like pipeline permitting and progress on transmission policy, which is very important to clean energy? Yeah. So I'll start with pipeline permitting. I think that it would be difficult to imagine that FERC could put forward now a new pipeline policy statement similar to the one that it moved forward last year because the one last year was a 3-2 vote and Democrats voting for and Republicans very against. But at the same time, FERC actually has been moving forward a lot of pipeline certificates over the past few months unanimously. The difference has been on how they review the pipelines. There's been more environmental scrutiny on the Democratic side and less on the Republican side, and they're basically just issuing separate statements. But Republicans have also been really vocally opposed to Democrats' efforts to add more environmental scrutiny into the process. And maybe if they have a 2-2 split, they could stronghold the majority a little bit there. So basically means Democrats certainly have less power when it comes to thinking about the environmental impacts of pipelines. And on transmission policy, really what this does is it erodes manpower, certainly. I mean, there is so much on FERC's plate when it comes to transmission. They have two proposed rulemakings right now. And if they only have four commissioners and four commissioners' staffs, it's just a lot fewer people to get through these policies and it just erodes some of the progress that they've made on these policies. That's not to say that things can't get done, but certainly people I've spoken to in the last several months have not wanted to see this outcome in the renewables industry and the utilities industry have really not wanted to see this outcome because of the delays and it could cause. Also, Ryan Zinke, the former Secretary of the Interior during the Trump administration, whose tenure was filled with scandals, has won his House race and will represent Montana in Congress next year. Zinke will represent Montana's first congressional district, which covers the state's western half, and his race was considered the more competitive of the state's two House races. Zinke returns to Washington four years after he resigned back in 2019. He served in the Trump administration starting in 2017, and during his tenure, Zinke faced investigations from the Interior's internal watchdog related to a land deal in Montana and the obstruction of a tribal casino project in Connecticut. The watchdog found Zinke did violate ethics guidelines in the Montana deal, and more recently accused him of lying during the casino investigation. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Nirmo Malaykal is the podcast producer. Raghu Manuvalan edited the show this week. Jenny Amens is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll
We'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com/rng.